everybody. My name is Emily, and I am Charlie Swan, blissfully eating some of Harry Clearwater's homemade fish fry. And I'm Paige. I'm Charlie, plummeting back down to earth because I just found out my daughter is dating Edwin Cullen, and you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. How's it going today, Paige? The day that we're recording this, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so that's where we're at. Yesterday, I found out that I can make just the most crunchy and delicious homemade fried onions. I didn't know that I could make them so good, but goddamn, finding out that I can do that, it's only going to be downhill for my eating from here on out. It's real bad, but so good. You know what? Life's too short to not eat good, delicious food. I saw them on your story, and I was like, those are looking good. Um, it's always weird when we like, we've only had to do it, I think, twice so far in the history of our show. But when we don't record on a Tuesdays, because I'm like, Wednesdays are for Twilight. Sundays are for Twilight. Look, any day is a good day for Twilight in my book. Yes, any day. Let me add on to that a little addendum. Any day is a good day to drag Twilight in my book. I- you know what? I like dragging, so it fits into what I said. <laughs> I see you got a PlayStation shirt on. Did you get the, what are the kids calling it? The, the 6? Um, The PS5? The no, I, <laughs> I actually, this is a really sad story. I So my dad has been trying to get a PS5, and I've been fingers crossed hoping that I could snag his PS4, mm-hmm. because when he got his PS4 he gave me his PS3. So I'm like, if dad gets a PS5, then I can have the PS4. So I was Skyping with my family or Zooming with my family. And I asked my mom if dad was going to get a PS5 because I wanted the PS4 and Catherine was there. Catherine is my sister. And she goes, actually, dad already told me that I'm getting the PS4 because you got the PS3. And I was like, all right. I mean, that's fair, but I'm devastated. (laughs) Yes, that is very, very upsetting. Oh, did you ever have an N64? That's all I ever had. I wasn't that big into video games, but I had one of those. I didn't have one, but my elementary school best friend, Jessie, did, and I played it all the time at her house. Yeah, it was pretty fun. We only had, like, two games. We had this weird Sarge, Sarge's Heroes ones, where you were just, like, you were like a toy army figurine, you know what I'm talking about? But, like, so, like, in a human's world, so there was this level where you were in a fridge and there was, like, these giant slices of cheese. That game was frustrating, though, because there was this one level where you had to walk on these pipes and we, my sister and I could never beat it. And if you fell off, you got eaten by these giant spiders and it was extremely traumatizing. I also had Super Mario Smash Bros. Now that's a good one. Yep. I was always Yoshi. Yoshi's the shit. But in Mario Kart, Koopa Troopa is the shit. I love that. Um, the Sarge game, I'm still intrigued about that. Was that <laughs> Toy Story themed? No, no, no. It was, like, kind of dark, actually. They had, like, you could upgrade to, like, different weapons. They had, like, bazookas, mortar, grenades. It was pretty violent, to be honest. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, who's, your, who's your person in Mario Kart? I got to know. I, um... I never, we never had any gaming system that could support Mario Kart, so it wasn't a huge part of my childhood, so I can only talk about it as now, Paige, and I don't know anything about strategy, I just go solely on looks. 
I really like Bowser just because he's so big. Oh my gosh, I always drag people who do Bowser because I'm like, why do you feel the need to be larger than everyone? <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm small. I just like feeling big. I don't know. But I also yeah. just like that he's a scary turtle too. Yes, yeah. No, it's totally fair and valid. I think I just hate Bowser because Koopa Troop was one of the smallest ones except for like baby Mario and baby whatever. And I always get crushed by him and I get so mad. I also never had Mario Kart growing up, like, in my own house, but I had a few friends that did, and I played it obsessively. Friend of the Pod Remy has it now, so when COVID, over, COVID is over, feel free to get beaten by me, because I'm good. Just kidding, I'm not that good. I, I can only see that going poorly for me. I, whenever I play, like, any of those kinds of games with someone who knows... I just, I know it's going to be bad, but I'm glad that I can be a part of it to make the other person happy for winning. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most type two thing you've ever said. And it is so type three of me to be like, I must win everything. (laughs) It's like, if I know I don't have a chance, like at least I know someone else is going to win. However, if I'm doing something that I know I'm good at and I lose, that's really devastating for me. (laughs) (laughs) Two wing three. Am I right? Am I right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Anyways, about Twilight. <laughs> this is like the time of year when all the movies came out, except for Eclipse, the third one, I think. So it's weird. It's like kind of nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I think they all came out like around the 22nd through like 24th or 5th. It seems like a book that I would want to read or movies that I would want to watch when it's chilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, this week we read chapter 17 and 18, The Game and The Hunt. So what were your impressions of these chapters? Well, I love the baseball part because I've been looking forward to it. I, I just really love seeing them doing something quote unquote normal. I don't know. I just really love that. Um, I thought that the second chapter was incredibly intense and I was like, why does it got to be so intense? But then I had to also remind myself the Cullens are a different breed of vampire. Like, it's intense because not everyone is as kind. I don't want to say kind to describe Edward. (laughs) Not as civilized, I guess, as the Cullens. So I'm like, why did it get so intense? Oh, right. They are lethal killers that want to eat human tissue. Tissue? (laughs) Dead. Um, I know there's... The whole time, I literally had this in my notes, the whole time I was reading that chapter, I could hear this really dramatic music that they play during this part in the movie, and they're like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's so intense. I like literally want to play it for you right now, but I don't know even what it's called to look it up, because it's like just instrumental. <laughs> but true fans know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, um, we can always pull the soundtrack up once we finish recording. <laughs> for real, for real. Or the score, I guess it would be. (laughs) Not even the soundtrack. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so... I don't know I had my pen out like I was about to write a novel. Let me put that away real quick. So, chapter 17 started off with... um, They had just been at Edward's house, and Bella had agreed to go to the baseball game. So, chapter 17 starts off with them... With Edward driving her home. And when they get there... They realize that somebody's already there waiting for them, and it's Billy and Jacob Black. Um, So Edward 
immediately gets all tense and angry about it because Billy is there to warn Charlie about Bella spending time with the Collins. So Bella's like, go away, go away, go away. I'll deal with it. Go away, go away. Which, good idea. Just want to say that. Um, And on page 349, he says, that's probably best. Be careful, though. The child has no idea. And Bella gets mad at this. And I also was mad at this. I've brought this up before, but I'm like, why does Edward refer to people their age children? They're your age. (laughs) Even if they're not your technical age, because you're 104 or whatever, they're your girlfriend's age. It makes me think of, like, when you were 15 and you're talking about someone who's maybe 11 or 13, but, or regardless, anyone who's a little bit younger than you, but isn't a child, you say, like, I don't know, they're, like, 12 or something. That's how, what I think, he's just, like, he's a child, like, he's, like, two years younger than you, quote, unquote. It's, he's not really that much younger than you. Yeah, he's just being petty, I feel like. Well, yes. (laughs) That's a given. (laughs) So Edward leaves. Well, before he leaves. So top of page 350. I'm like, was this necessary? Was it necessary? I feel like this is so just like teenage bullshit. This guy's literally freaking out because his best friend's daughter is dating a vampire. And you decide to not only kiss her in front of him, but kiss her under the edge of her jaw, in her throat. That has such 17-year-old... Douchebag. Yeah, I was going to say captain of the lacrosse team energy. (laughs) We're both right. We said the same thing. (laughs) So annoying. It's like, all right, Edward, go try out for lacrosse. You know what? I don't even want to... Lacrosse doesn't even deserve him. Or, like, he doesn't deserve lacrosse because I started like lacrosse more after I watched Teen Wolf. (laughs) let's get real (laughs) I um I think that my interest I mean here I am dragging lacrosse players although I'm not I wasn't like lusting after all of them in high school (laughs) let's be honest um but I think my interest in lacrosse made me love Teen Wolf that much more yeah I don't think that's the case for me (laughs) even though I dated a lacrosse player awkward but um, I think my love for Teen Wolf made me slightly interested in lacrosse. So maybe the opposite. Yin and yang. <laughs> That's why we make a good team. Okay, well, here's what I'm wondering. How are you not... Maybe this is just me, but, like, if a family friend saw me come home with a boy, first of all, and that boy was driving my car... He was, I'm assuming that Edward is driving again. Yes, it says that he is, yeah. Yeah. So it's not even me driving my own car. It's a, I mean, he's not a stranger, but a person who shouldn't be driving my car is driving my car. I would be freaking out. How is that? That really stresses me out. (laughs) Yeah, and then they go on to put on this whole show. So it's like, grow up. It's all bad. It's all bad. Anyways, Edward leaves, and um, then there's just kind of this whole scene with Billy. So what's your take on this conversation, this interaction? I mean, we talked about this the last time that Billy was introduced, 
I really like Billy and I want her to like him. And I know that this is coming from a place of protection and she's just being so rude to him. And it really breaks my heart. Yeah. Like he didn't have to be doing this. He could have stayed home and kept what he thinks to himself, but he's coming here to like for her protection. It's just a bummer. And he brings a fish fry, which is so dang cute. I don't know. It's just a bummer. Yep. I completely agree. Um, so basically Billy tries to tell Bella to stop seeing Edward um, and ask if Charlie knows about it. And Bella's basically like, that's not your business. And what Charlie knows is also not your business. Um, and there's this moment on page 353, sorry. Um, it's like towards the bottom. It's, and this is Bella thinking to herself. I looked into his eyes filled with nothing but concern for me. And there was nothing I could say. And I literally just wrote crying emoji in my notes because he just like, he wants her to be okay. It's not like he can, he could have just hopped in his car and drove down here either. Like he is in a wheelchair, so he can't drive himself. So he had to get his son who maybe had plans, maybe didn't, who knows. But like, he went to all this trouble. And Bella is obviously so stricken with Edward that she can't even see how selfless he's being. Like every response she gives is so curt and I mean, cold to me. I know that she thinks that she's doing the right thing, but I, I didn't like any of it personally. Me neither. Me neither. I think, I don't know, I can only speak for myself, but I think a lot of us have been in this position. Like, I've certainly been involved with boys in the past where a friend or more than one friend has come to me and be like, listen, that's not good for you. Like, you can't see this, this, and this, and these reasons. And I, you know, I'm dragging Bella here, but I've been there. You know, I've been like, you don't, like, I have to make my own choices. You don't decide for me, all this stuff. So I get it. And I kind of feel like that meme where, um, have you seen it where it's like, a diff it's like a these different options of an answer. And one of the one that's filled in is this. I'm in this photo and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. At least you can look back on that now and apply what you've learned to this situation. So we can... I won't say drag Bella, but look at her critic. Look at her with a critical eye. That's the literary version of dragging. Yes. Write that down, kids. Use it in your next paper. <laughs> so um, the whole time poor Jacob has been looking for a car that's or a picture that's not even in the car. It's like, how did you not see right through this one, Jacob? But um, at that point, they pretty much leave. And... Bella's getting ready to go to the baseball game. Jessica calls um, and tells her about the dance and that Mike kissed her. Yay! I That was really cute, but when uh, she called and it was like, oh, it was Jessica on the line, I was just like, when was the last time that Bella did something so innocent as to talk to your quote-unquote best friend? I mean, she's not her best friend, but like your cow pal talk to them on the phone about like a boy kissing you. I don't know. It's just like, I forgot that Bella is like a 17 year old girl who could be doing these things. Right. Right. And it's so weird. Every time I read this book, I get the sensation that this like last little section that we've been reading is like 
forever, but it's literally been like two days. It's been one weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's crazy when Jess is like, I'll see you on Monday, like in two days or whatever. It's like so weird to me. I mean, a lot happened in, I mean, like a hundred pages. I Yeah. A lot of new information brought to the table that you didn't know 200 pages ago. Yes. And it's only just now ramping up, girlfriend. Um, also, when she's, like, changing, getting ready, I wrote, at least she took the khaki skirt off. <laughs> Seriously. Thought. Burn it while you're at it. <laughs> um, so then, before Bella can get into, into any details about Edward, her dad comes home, so she has to hang up. So then Bella fixes his fish fry, and Charlie asks her about her day, and then she's like, this morning I was over at the Colons, and that's when she has to break the news. Like, I literally lied to you less than 24 hours ago when I said I wasn't dating anyone. I'm literally dating someone. (laughs) And also, I just, I will never be over the Edwin thing. It is so funny to me. I feel like this is the dad version of being petty. Like, there's no way he didn't remember that his name is Edward the second time that he says Edwin. There's no way. Yes. And also, there is 25 people total in this town. Like, you know his name. He he knew about the Cullens. He was talking about the Cullens in, like, the very first chapter when Bella just casually brought it up. He knows who they are. There's no way he doesn't know. Yes. I want the name of this episode to just be Edwin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then he asks if Edwin is her boyfriend. And she says, sort of, I guess. And then says that he's coming over soon. Um, So then he... Speak of the Devil shows up, and um, this goes about, you know, how I expected at least, like, the whole awkward, like, I actually thought it was going to go on longer, and they were going to, like, sit and have a conversation, but Bella kind of gets them moving and gets them out the door. Um, Basically, all that happens of consequence is that um, Charlie says, you take care of my girl, all right, and then Edward says, she'll be safe with me, I promise, sir. So then they go out, and it's not Edward's normal Volvo. It is a ginormo Jeep. And my note for this is, for some reason, I pictured Paige in this Jeep, and it made me laugh because I'm just picturing you, tiny little Paige, getting into this is so funny in my brain. I actually really hate, I not that I'm actively getting into people's trucks who are like really tall or anything but every once in a while you come across a friend or like a coworker and they give you a ride home or something like that and their car is really tall and I mean for me it's a lot okay <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself but my legs only stretch so far vertically you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so funny to me um anyways so um, they get in, and Edward has to strap her into an off-roading harness. How humiliating! I read that, and I felt like my intestines twisted in on themselves. I hated it. I'm like, she's not a toddler. You don't need... I mean, I know that she was struggling, but the two things I picture are, one, a literal toddler getting buckled in, mm-hmm. or two... When you're at, like, Elitch's and 
you can't get your seat buckled right. So the like 15 year old roller coaster attendant has to come help you buckle your seatbelt in right. Either way, it's embarrassing that you're being treated that way. You know, I didn't like it one bit. Yes, and it gets worse later on, too, when they the three of them are back in the car, but we'll get there eventually. So Bella finds out that they have to run, and she freaks out again. I'm like, once again, grow up. You're literally, literally getting a free ride. Yeah, I'm so jealous. I wish I could run that fast. Can you imagine? I can barely even walk that fast. Yes. I can't walk that fast. That's impossible. Yeah, that would be impossible. Um, as Edward Cullen says, the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. If everyone could run like this, we wouldn't have to use cars. Retweet. Get on it, scientists. I'm waiting. <laughs> what if we all just like hoverboarded to work? That'd be crazy. <laughs> Did you ever watch Treasure Planet? A long time ago. There was a, a mode of transportation in that that really struck me away as a kid I was like there were things that I used to pray for as a kid before bed like I wanted Digimon to be real I wanted Pokemon to be real you know the things that you pray for as a kid and one of the things was I want a hoverboard like Jimmy from Treasure Planet are they kind of like the ones that quote-unquote hoverboards that are on the market now or is it different it's almost like like um what is it weight what are those things where it's like a surfboard, but with almost like a ship's sail on it and you like lean? Yeah, maybe wakeboarding. I don't know. No. But in space, like like a hoverboard, like with a rocket and like you fly around. Damn, that sounds it's, badass. Yeah. Have you seen those things that people, like the jetpacks that people do on water? Yes. They look badass, but I'd be too scared, I think. Yeah, I feel like I saw a news report of one and, like, the the guy falls into, like, the news anchor falls into the water or something like that. I feel so bad for news anchors. If you ever want to get entertained, audience, here's a pro tip for you. Um, after you're done listening to our podcast, <laughs> just Google, like, news anchor fails or, like, news anchor bloopers. It will literally make you laugh so hard my favorite video of all time is a news anchor fail it's called chris like chris is in christopher p period bacon if you haven't watched it you gotta watch it okay i am literally screaming right now because that is my mom's favorite video of all time because when you said news anchor fails that was the first thing i thought about and i was gonna be like oh i'm gonna bring up the crispy bacon thing my mom literally is crying at yes. some laughter every time. So the next time you see Brenda, just that's something to talk about. The next time you see Brenda, tell her she's my soulmate because I show that video to everyone. I'll, I'll text her when we're done. Okay, thank you. So back to Twilight. Oh, right. The podcast. <laughs> the thing we're here to do. Um, so Edward does this kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if this is, like, manipulative. It feels manipulative just because a lot of the shit Edward does is manipulative, but he, like, persuades Bella to forget about it by basically just kissing her. And, oh, this is where I wrote this. I wrote, just in general to this whole situation, my note was, I'm so sick of this shit. I thought that he was going to pull out some kind of supernatural thing. Like, I thought that... 
no, he's just being weird and using his allure. I think it's manipulative because he knows that he has a supernatural, or Bella has a supernatural attraction to him. And he knows it. And he can do any kind of shit that he wants. Yeah. I think you're giving him too much credit. I don't think he has the self-confidence that he ha- you think he has. Maybe I just assume because I think he's cocky. Well, he acts like it. I think he, like, puts on a front. But I think he's shook that he, like, can have this influence over her. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel manipulative to me. Because he's, like, kind of a blumbering idiot just as much as she is. You know what I mean? They're, like, on the same page. I'm also a blumbering idiot, so I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm just thinking about life. <laughs> like, this one time I was in an argument with my ex, and uh, what even happened? I don't even remember what we were arguing about. I was right. I know that. <laughs> but in the middle of it, he, like, kissed me like that was going to end the argument. And I literally was, like, as I was saying, <laughs> did not end the argument, continued on. With this. What I'm saying is this shit would not work on me. Yeah, I'm in your situation. In what world would that ever work in the middle of an argument? Like, I've forgotten everything. You're right. Yeah. You, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, especially on someone like me who lives to argue. <laughs> it is my favorite hobby. If y'all heard some beeping just now, sorry, that was my dishwasher. <laughs> She's clean, folks. I'm clean, I'm clean. I have the world's smallest dishwasher. Not really, but... It works for me because it's just me. It's an Emily-sized dishwasher. I love that. It's nice. Um, so then Bella has this same reaction. Don't even want to talk about it. Spend oxygen talking about it. Edward gets all mad. They run to where they're supposed to be. And Bella is all in a huff and like tries to walk away without him and go to the game without him. And I actually don't blame her that because she thinks he's mad at her and like she's like oh so you're the only one who's allowed to get mad which I was like good line good line I like that put that in my back pocket (laughs) and he's like I'm not mad at you where is it I infuriate myself this is bottom of page 365 the way I can't seem to keep from putting you in danger my very existence puts you at risk sometimes I truly hate myself I should be stronger I should be able to I place my hand over his mouth. Don't. He continues, I love you. It's a poor excuse for what I'm doing, but it's still true. I mean, this is a nice moment, I guess. (laughs) It is nice, but I was really feeling that way. The, The first half of what he was saying, where he's like, I'm mad at myself because I can't help myself from doing this to you. I, I still, before we read the other chapter um I still felt like something bad was gonna happen and knowing that Alice has some kind of pre-awareness of these things mm-hmm. when he like promises to keep her safe to Charlie's face it's like that just like made me upset like reading this line that he knows he's doing it and like he would say that to her dad and he would like bring her to a situation because like I like I said I was surprised with how intense the next chapter is. I can't even imagine how Bella's feeling as herself in danger in a situation like that. So it's just like it when I was reading that it just did make me 
frustrated at him as well because he's like knowingly doing these things yeah yeah I think that's really fair I don't know I think it's a catch-22 because I think that like either way he would hurt Bella like if he was going to avoid her he would hurt her he's hurting her now so it's like what are you gonna do it's a good point I just it's hard for me to be like actively putting someone you love because he just said it he does love her in danger or causing her heartache for maybe like a year or two I don't know it's just like she could die from the first thing you know yeah but again you have to give agency to Bella because she's made it clear she's down to do that you're right you're right she's she's made her choice yeah I, I think it just bothers me because he doesn't get, he shouldn't be able to choose for her. I mean, he should be able to choose for himself. Yeah. And that's a different issue, but I don't know. Whatever. There are so many cats in this podcast right now. All three cats are present. Well, Muffin's not here. That would be the best if he was here, but. There would be a lot of screaming if he was here. That's true. That's true. So um, this is when they get to the clearing where they're going to be playing the game. Um, and this is kind of the first real interaction we have with Emmett. Um, and he's kind of messing with Edward and says that he sounded like a bear choking. Um, do you have any, I know, like, obviously you get more of him in this chapter and the next chapter. Do you have any impressions of Emmett? I, I, I liked Emmett. He, very first impression, I would say he came off positively, like, for example, Rosalie, first impression came off negative. So, like, you already are kind of predisposed. But, I mean, he's joking around, like, immediately right here. So he's not weirded out by the fact that Bella's there. He seems comfortable and feeling like he can be himself. So I was, I felt positive about him. And then the more I read, I felt even more positive about him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if i go so far as to say that Emmett is my favorite character, but he's definitely up there. He's such a himbo. Do you know what that is? That's what the Tumblr people call him. Mm-mm. It's like a male bimbo. <laughs> was it Emmett, that meme that I sent you where I was like, yeah. I don't understand this? <laughs> yeah, Paige will occasionally come across memes on Facebook or something. Luckily, she, like, I don't think any of them have been spoilery up to this point. But she sent me, what was it? What did it even it say? Like- oh. A denim couch or something. Yes. And it was a denim couch. We should look up the user. But, because I still have it in my Instagram for sure. But it was like, what if we kissed on the jouch? Or, or whatever. <laughs> it was so funny. I'll look it was like, this is Emmett flirting. And I'm like, I don't know about this, but I guess it's funny. <laughs> oh my god. You sent it to me from the Tuesdays Are for Twilight account too. So it was like Inception because I got notification that I, like my own account that I also own, like sent, it was like so confusing. But yeah, okay, so this is from, it looks like a Twitter user. Oh no, they're also on Instagram. Um, so at Colin's Crocs, like Crocs like the shoes. And it says, this is how Emmett's, Emmett flirts 100%. <laughs> And it says, what if we kiss on the couch? And it has the monkey emoji with the one, the one that's, like, covering his eyes and then the, like, wide eye emoji. So, <laughs> yes, he's a himbo for sure. But anyways, I love him. Not to influence you or whatever. I, I, I stated my opinion before you stated yours, so. True, true, true. true. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, 
um, they start, like, getting ready for the game, and Bella is kind of hanging with Esme the whole time because she is basically the referee. And so this is where we get a little bit more information on Esme. So it turned out, turns out that she had lost a child, so the reason that she was on the brink of death when Carlisle found her in the morgue was that she tried to jump off a cliff um, in devastation of losing her child. And I feel comfortable telling you this because it's in the Twilight like Illustrated Guide or whatever, and Stephanie Meyer has come out and said it um, after the fact, but it's never in canon itself. Um, so Esme had an abusive husband. She actually met Carlisle when she was young um, and like thought was like really intrigued by him, but then never like saw him again. I'm pretty sure she just saw him the one time. Anyway, so she grew up, had this abusive husband, um, and then Carlisle saved her and she was in love with him, obviously. And then um, her abusive husband was Edward's first human victim when he like went off on his own. That is crazy. I didn't know any of that. But I mean, knowing how much Esme loves Edward and is protective and motherly towards him and how much Edward speaks so fondly of her and loves her back, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I think part of it is because like, Edward was her first quote-unquote kid because like they were the first three and then Rosalie came next and whatever but I definitely feel like not that she, he's like her favorite but that she has like a special place in her heart for him yeah so at this point um this is basically just a baseball scene and I'm not like gonna go through every play but did it live up to your expectations I remembered it being so fun and dramatic in the movie, and it was just as fun and dramatic in the book. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. So um, as they're playing and time is passing, um, all of a sudden Alice basically just gasps. And then as soon as she does that, um, sorry, I'm like trying to find where I'm at. Okay, yeah. As soon as she does that, Edward runs instantly to Bella's side. So everyone's kind of like, um, what's happening? And basically the others that um, Alice had foreseen coming to the Forks area are changing their course because they heard them playing and want to come. And so Carlisle is kind of like, well, you, can you and Bella leave like right now? And Edward's like, no, it's too late and they'll smell her and be curious and come after us. So Carlisle is kind of the ultimate decision maker and he says, let's just keep playing um, and act natural, basically. So Esme kind of takes Edward's place so that he can stand by Bella and Edward tells Bella to take her hair down to like cover her neck and kind of like be more like less conspicuous. And Alice is like, that won't help. I could smell her across the field. Um, at one point, Esme had asked Edward something in her mind, and he shook his head no. So Bella is like, what did she ask you? And um, he says whether they were thirsty. So the answer to that was no. And everyone's just kind of like half-assed playing because they're all really tense, obviously, and nervous. And Edward says, I'm sorry, Bella. It was stupid, irresponsible to expose you like this. I'm so sorry. So the chapter ends with all, them all turning to where the others are, the direction that the others are coming in. So at this point, before we get to the next chapter, before you start reading the next chapter, how are you feeling? I'm feeling tense. Mm -hmm. 
but I guess the part where they, when he said that they weren't thirsty did give me a little bit of comfort. I thought that it wouldn't necessarily be a problem, although I did feel tense. As we come to find out, it is a problem, but we won't get into that just yet. Yes. Um, were there any notes from chapter 17 that we did not get to? I just, I just wanted to quickly mention, I mean, it, it is relevant because we just talked about it. Um, I guess it just, it just did, doesn't make sense to me. I know that Alice sees all kinds of different scenarios and it, it's not like, oh, I can see into the future. I see this happening for sure. It's going to be this, but like, why would they jeopardize Bella's safety if there was some kind of before knowledge that something bad might happen why would they even risk it you know yes that's a good question and I don't know if I'm like I don't really remember from Midnight Sun if you get an explanation on this but in general Alice has all these paths in her head right like every decision that you make if you're going to turn left at a light instead of going straight has a whole ripple effect, even if it seems small and it doesn't affect you, you think in any way. So she has all these like insane amount of paths in her head. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing for this, it was just like a last minute decision where one of these three other vampires were like, did you guys hear that? Or do you want to go? You know, like, because they took a turn this way or whatever, you know, I just feel like it was like so quick that she didn't see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Alice's power is still pretty unknown to me, I guess. Like, there hasn't been a lot revealed about it yet. So, yeah, I obviously still don't fully understand it, but that does help explain it a little bit. Okay, that's good. To be honest with you, I don't fully understand it. It's pretty complex. I would love to read a book from her perspective, but I feel like it would be impossible to write. I'm like, it sounds like it would be 1,500 pages long. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's in chapter 17. So then we move on to chapter 18, The Hunt. So the three vampires come in and we get a pretty detailed description of them. So there's two men and one woman. And um, Bella notices right away that they are basically more, I would almost use the word like wild than the Cullens. Like they're barefoot, they're wearing clothes that are like meant for them to be living outside and the clothes are frayed. She says that they're constantly on the edge of shifting into a crouch. Um, The woman's hair has leaves in it, leaves and like twigs and whatnot, debris. Um, And one thing I do want to point out right away, um, so Laurent, is described as having olive-toned skin. In the movies, he is played by a black actor. And I just want to get this out straight away so that you understand what we're dealing with here. This is one of the few characters of color in this series. There are some more introduced um, in the last book. Well, obviously, there's the whole indigenous tribe, which is of color. But in terms of vampires, this is one of the few of color, and he is on the side of evil. So that's um, despicable. I was literally thinking about this on the way home because I was, you know, trying to think of my talking points I wanted to talk about today. And I was thinking about Laurent because I wanted to talk about the actor who plays him is so handsome. I That was just like a completely different side note. And so I was thinking about him and I was like, he is described as olive toned in the book. And I was like, he's literally the only person so far 
to be described as that. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess there is the indigenous tribe, but like you had a whole school, you had a whole town to talk about it. The Cullens didn't all have to be white. They definitely didn't. Um, yeah, I was just like, I know that there's a lot of issues that this book has. And I know that Emily has talked a lot about the representation in this book. And I'm like, I bet that this is going to be something we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, there really is no other word for it than despicable to use your only so far other, which, by the way, the only other people of color so far in this universe, the indigenous tribe, are also seen as enemies to our quote-unquote heroes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even, there's nothing to add to that. It's just horrific. It's horrific. Mm -hmm. I, not to like, not to spoil anything, but the, in the future, the representation, are there other people on both sides, or would you say it skews one way more than the other? There are a few in the final book that are on the side of good. But at that point, to me, it's, like, too little too late, honey. Yeah, the final book? Yeah. You had, like, three other books to have... <sighs> Yikes. You had three other books to not use our real-life indigenous tribe as something to profit off of. <laughs> I mean, literally, like... If we haven't made it clear to you yet, we're not okay with this, all right? We're not, we don't stand by it. We're not cool with it. Donate to Move to Higher Ground and donate to, you know, charities and organizations and other groups that serve African-Americans in this country and shop from Black-owned businesses, especially this holiday season, because, I mean, you're already going to have to buy stuff for people, you know? There are so many, I've seen Tumblr threads, um, Instagram threads of black artists that you can buy from on like Etsy, on um, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. So you can, it the, the, the resources are out there for you to use your money in a way that will make a difference to people. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, so this conversation goes down between them. Also, their eyes are red. Um, I feel like that's important to point out. Mm -hmm. um, the other man in the group, Bella describes him as nondescript, which I find really interesting because the whole thing up until now is like every vampire has been beautiful. Like Laurent is even talked about as, well, yeah, easily the most beautiful. And, you know, even the way that she describes Victoria, do they say her? that's her name? Yes, James okay. and Victoria. Right, okay, sorry, I was like, oh my god, did I just, like, say her name without it, um, them knowing, but, sorry, anyways, um, I don't, she describes her in a certain way, but to me, she still sounds, like, beautiful, and then it's just weird when she's like, James was an average white dude. <laughs> Look, any girl with red hair that has leaves and twigs in it, I'm interested. Yeah, I've never seen Brave, but kind of that, that like, energy, but, like, grown up and vampire. <laughs> with no shoes. Yes. I I don't think that Merida wears shoes a lot. Yeah. I just watched Luck of the Irish yesterday. Good-ass movie. <laughs> On Disney+. Plus. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Um, also watched Motocross. I'm on, a, I'm on a roll. I watched Zootopia the other day, and it was really cute. I mean, it was also very good. But I love all the different animal animations. Just very, very good. 
Yeah, I've heard really good stuff about that that movie. I'm just on a Disney Channel original movie kick right now. Next up, I feel like it's going to be Cadet Kelly, so. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I'm sure you watched the Halloween Towns last month. I have actually never seen the Halloween Towns. Really? Yeah, the thing about, you wouldn't know, (laughs) because you're the oldest. The thing about having an older sister is, like, if she doesn't like something, you, by extension, either don't like it or don't get to see it. My sister did not like the Halloween Towns, so I never saw them, because she would always change the channel. Gotcha. Well, they're always there for you if you want to dip your toe in. Marnie is such a likable main character. I think you'd love her. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to watch them. Maybe next Halloween I will. Um, the same thing happened with the Spice Girls. I, like, didn't hear them until I was, like, in high school because my sister hated them. Wow. I'm trying to think about the things that I hate that may have had an influence on Catherine. I mean, Donald Trump, definitely. But I think she hated him kind of around the same time that I did, too. Yeah. Um, maybe cottage cheese? I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. Yep. Um, they have this conversation where... Um, Carlisle's basically like, we live here permanently, and Laurent, he he doesn't, like, reveal the fact that they don't eat humans, but Laurent, as soon as he says that, like, they keep a permanent residence nearby, Laurent's kind of like, um, how do you do that? Yeah. And so, at that point, Carlisle is like, he invites them to come over to their home and talk comfortably, and also asks them to not hunt in the immediate area, and Laurent agrees. So, Carlo kind of tries to break up the group, and at that moment, the wind kind of picks up, and that's when James gets a whiff of Bella, and they all realize that she is a human. I'm sorry that you brought a snack line. I just, it, it is, it gets me every time in a bad way. In the movie, it's delivered by James. In the book, Laurent says it. Either way, it sucks. <laughs> Either way, I'm not in it for it hate it. So Carlisle is very firm. He's like, she's with us. Um, and Laurent's like, okay, yeah, we said we wouldn't hunt. So obviously we won't harm her. And James is pissed at that. Like as soon as Laurent says that, um, this is on the top of page 380, James glanced in disbelief and aggravation at Laurent and exchanged another brief look with Victoria, whose eyes still flickered edgily from face to face, which she doesn't say anything the whole time which I find very interesting. Spooky. Yeah, she doesn't even have a line. Which, does James? Now I'm curious. If he does, I think it's very fair. Yeah. Weird. Wow, I just realized that. I knew about Victoria, but I didn't realize about James. So, um, they still are like, supposedly going to go to their home at least that's the charade that they're all putting on um but we find out very soon that that's not the case so edward takes off with emmett and alice and they run back to the jeep and he orders emmett to strap her back in once again humiliating and she's afraid it's like and emmett's huge it's just kind of like why are we doing this (laughs) i hate it i hate everything about it and Edward is just up front, just, like, cussing over and over. It reminds me of today. I typed out a whole email, like, a long email to a potential donor customer. 
like important email and I pressed something, I have no idea what, it deleted the whole fucking email. And I was like, um, excuse me? And I tried to press undo and nothing happened. I'm putting my two weeks in. I literally thought about it. I was in my house by myself and I was like, shit, fuck, shit, fuck. And Malcolm and Mila were like, you good? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not good. And Mila was like, well, can we have dinner anyways? <laughs> Do they, if you ever cry, do they have a reaction? Um, I always feel like I paint Mila in such a bad light. She's not insensitive. Like, she's very affectionate, but only towards me. Um, but when I cry, she does not really give a fuck. Malcolm is, like, very sensitive towards it, and he will always lay with me. He always, he also lays with me when I'm sick. That's just kind of, like, his nature. Cute. Tina doesn't care at all. She'll watch me cry on the bed and she'll be like, can you keep it down? We are, it's dark. We're trying to sleep right now. I used to live with, um, my old roommate, Jenna had a cat, Addie, who was, is, she's the sweetest little cat. And if you cried and she was around to hear it, she would be like, I'm here. Let me rub on you. Let me like lick the tears off of your face. Let me make beep, beep, beep. She make little noises to try and like get your attention. She was, oh my gosh, Jenna does a parlor trick now where she fake cries and Addie like comes to comfort her. It is so cute. That is incredible. Yeah, she doesn't do it a lot. I should I should put a disclaimer out there. She doesn't play with Addie's emotions like yeah. that a lot because she says it makes her feel bad. But if she does do it, Addie will have a response. That's so cute. Anyone who says that cats are, like, not affectionate or heartless? It just makes me think that you can't commit to relationships enough to, like, get the good out of someone. You know, like, not that you have to commit yourself to every single person, but, like, investing time into a friendship to, like, really reap the benefits out of it. That's what owning a cat is. Yes. That's tea. Mm Mm-hmm. So then this long and intense car ride ensues. And Edward's going 105 miles an hour, par for the course for him, in the opposite direction of town. I just, I understand that he's trying to get away and that that was his original intention. Where were you going? Where were you going? He's clearly so angry. He's just blinded by his own fear and frustration and it's like I can fully see me not doing this I would never do this like being so angry and knowing it's I have a a part in this this is somewhat my fault and that makes me even angrier because I know it's on me you know so I can I can see why he's feeling this way I don't like it but I can see it yeah I don't know. I saw this post not that long ago that was like, why did they not just fight him right then? They could have taken him. And that's kind of how I am. When I, especially when I mess up, but just whenever I'm in a tense situation at all, I'm like, I think part of it is my OCD, but I'm like, I have to fix this right now. Like, what what is the most expedient way to fix this literally right now? And in my brain, that would have been just like taking him down right there. And I'm like, you all could have taken him. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Keep in mind, though, that he is driving the vehicle and they're going 105 miles an hour. No, I mean, in the clearing with James, they should have just taken him down right then. 
I thought you were saying like Emmett and Alice should have fought Edward in the car. I was like, Emily, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, sorry for just using pronouns and not any human names at all. Sorry about that. Um, no, I just mean like, like I know there was three of them, but I'm kind of like, it, they probably like, I don't know. I have no way of predicting, but I have a theory that Laurent might have Laurent might have just like run away because like self preservation because you like three against five, and they don't even know their talents. Like, I was feeling the same way. I because I think Emmett says it a few times. Like we could take them. Like we outnumber them. We're stronger than them. I was thinking the same thing. Like why didn't they just stand their ground right there? Because I feel like. Five against three is definitely pretty good odds, I would say. I mean, granted, someone would probably have to stand near Bella or do something with Bella, but still, that's still four against three. Right, right. Or is it six? No, it's five. So there's three couples and then... Oh, no, wait. Six vampires. No. Seven against three. Why can't we count? Isn't there three couples and then Edward? Yes. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Wow. <laughs> okay, so seven against three. Yeah, so Laurent would definitely run away. Like, if he had any self-preservation at all, I don't want to speak for Victoria because I don't know. Actually, I do know, but I'm not going to say. But it's like, it would probably end up being seven against two. Yeah. Even yeah. if it was seven against three. The 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 odds really weigh in their favor. So it just it did strike me as odd that Edward's reaction is so angry and furious. I'm like, you guys could have probably solved this a little bit ago. Yeah. Instead, we have to go through all this hullabaloo. So at this point, basically, Edward gets into an argument essentially with Bella and also Alice. So. Bella's like, we have to go back. The FBI are going to be all over your family. Like, they knew I was with you. Charlie's going to freak out. Um, Bella says, he's a tracker, Alice. Did you see that? He's a tracker. And Emmett has a very visceral reaction to this. Do you understand what this means? It's okay if you don't understand what it means yet. I didn't understand it, but judging from context clues, I kind of had a guess. Mm -hmm. I mean... So Carlisle had this theory that, like, people could, like, bring special talents when they're changed. I just feel like trackers are probably exceptionally good at finding a prey that they specifically want to. So being able to find Bella, even if she's really far away, basically. That's what I just figured. Yeah, I like that theory. And I feel fine saying that you are correct. So good job. She just took a bow, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Um, Edward kind of elaborates on this when he says, I saw his mind. Tracking is his passion, his obsession, and he wants her, Alice, her specifically. He begins the hunt tonight. And Alice is like, well, Bella's right. We can't leave Charlie. Like, let's just look at our options. So then Edward pulls over, slamming his girlfriend against the stupid harness he made her wear. Rude. And... Um, this is kind of when Emmett is like, we can take him, basically. And Edward, Edward's like, no. Um, and also the females with him. Um, oh, see, he says, if it turns into a fight, the leader will go with them, too. 
So I guess Laurent would go with them. I don't know. I just feel like if I was Laurent, like he doesn't seem that attached to them. If this, if like I walked into the situation and like this started going down, I'd be like, peace. <laughs> not my problem. Because he clearly has no problem like being civil, like not hunting in the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna ask. So when Laurent and the the other two show up, mm-hmm. they say that. Or, well, Edward says that they're not thirsty. They just ate. But now James is, like, is supposedly, like, obsessed and is, like, won't, won't stop until he gets her. Is going to start the hunt tonight. So, I mean, this might be a spoiler and you might not be able to answer. Does Bella just smell really good to everyone? Or is it just because she's a non-vampire that she's irresistible? I, I'm just like, why why is he why does James have to hunt her? I just don't really understand why he has to if he's not even thirsty. I think those are two different questions. Um, the one about Bella, I won't answer because you're going to get an answer to that, at least by the end of the next book. Okay. In general, though, I feel like what Edward is trying to say about James is like, this is like his sport. Like, this is what he does for fun. Like, he he picks someone out and makes it his obsession. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was, in my brain, I was interpreting it as, like, he needed to to eat. That's why he was doing it. Not that it was a a hobby for him. Yeah, I think it's way more of a hobby, like a passion. Okay. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Good question, though. So... Um, this is on page, page, (laughs) this is on page 383, um, towards the bottom. Alice says, there's another option. And Edward, this is the maddest he gets. He screams, there is no other option. What do you think this is about? I, this, I, this idea just popped into my head just now reading this line. Okay. Another option could be turning Bella. That's the one thing that has caused Edward so much anger when Bella brings it up or like putting Bella in any kind of danger makes him so angry. And he talks about the transition being so horrible. So it would be a solution to the problem, making her a vampire. And Edward is like, no. That's not the case. Or it could be killing her, too, just right then and there. But I don't think it's that. Interesting. Very interesting. Cannot come <laughs> further. <laughs> so at this point, Bella jumps in with her own plan. And she says, you take me home to my dad. I tell him I'm leaving. We pack. And then we make sure he's watching. And we run. Um, and later she's like, I'm going to Phoenix, obviously, we'll say that I'm going to Phoenix, and he won't believe that I'm going where I say that I'm going, because he'll know that we know he's listening. And um, they're all kind of like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. Um, Bella keeps saying that Emmett is insultingly, like, impressed, <laughs> which is kind of funny. <laughs> I would be so honored that my boyfriend's brother is, like, on my side on this. Like, yeah, Emmett's on my side. Emmett knows. Alice is on my side. Like, I would feel so much power. Yes, it's three against one now. So this is pretty much what they decide to do. Um, 
but they kind of flip flop flip flop on like the groupings like who's going to be taking her where finally they decide well bella's like you should let me go alone and he's like obviously which is stupid that's a dumb idea yeah no that's not smart <laughs> but basically they decide that alice and jasper are going to take her because they think the tracker is going to believe that she's wherever edward is so they're like oh we'll we'll throw another like wrench in it to confuse him um and edward is like can jasper handle this and Alice is like, you know, give him more credit. Um, and then I'm skipping ahead a little. I'll go back in a second. <laughs> but um, Edward says, oh, no, no, wait, I don't want to do that yet because that's the end of the chapter. But basically Edward gives, sorry, I'm jumping all around. <laughs> um, Edward gives Bella 15 minutes. At, she's, he says, you have 15 minutes at your house to like pack your shit and tell your dad whatever it is you want to tell him to get you to leave. Um and then, yeah, they're going to head out after that, it seems like. I'm trying to see if I missed anything. Um, yeah, so then the plan is for, like, Edward to kind of lead James, the tracker, along on this, like, chase. And then he can switch out with Alice and Jasper once he's, like, off their trail or whatever. So that Edward and Bella can be together. So then, back to what I was saying before. Um, well, first, Edward says, if you let anything happen to you, to yourself, anything at all, I'm holding you personally responsible. Do you understand that? I'm like, I'm holding you personally responsible, seeing as you're the one who got them into this, her into this. I, that left me utterly speechless. I was like, this is hardly, <laughs> Bella cannot be solely blamed here. Yeah. And I think he's, like, trying to be tender, but it's coming across as very, like, aggressive, controlling, blaming. Are you talking about this specific part, or are you talking about pages 1 through 388? Ah! <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I jumped ahead to this earlier, but, yeah, he asked about Jasper, and then Edward says, can you handle this to Alice? And Alice is like basically the vampire version of fuck you um she like snarls at him and um edward smiles the last last couple sentences are edward smiled at her but keep your opinions to herself he muttered suddenly okay couple of questions for you what do you think of this plan i thought it was really complicated which i mean maybe it has to be complicated given the situation I still don't know how ruthless other vampires are you know so maybe this plan is perfect for the situation but it took me like I had to like sit down and be like okay so they are going to Phoenix or are they not going to Phoenix like I had to think about it for a little bit um but it seems like it could work I think that I mean I can't see the execution going well it seemed like if I was 17 and I was just like, okay, bye, bye, dad, whatever, I'm leaving. I don't know if my parents would be down zone for that. Like, that would be like an immediate phone call to my other parent being like, what is happening right now? It just like execution wise, I don't know how it's going to go. But just the idea of it seems like it could be effective. Yeah, um, that was kind of my next question. What do you think she's going to tell Charlie to get away? My heart is telling me that she's going to, like, 
tell him that she hates it there and that she can't stand being there and she's gonna leave that way and I'm like Charlie doesn't like that's just what I'm imagining because I think that it would be an easy out for her to blame Charlie who she seems neutral to don't care about for a lot of this book it would just be an easy solution for her and I'm like don't do it to him he just wants to enjoy his fish fry I know yeah that's sad um second to last question um what do you think Edward is referencing in that last sentence but keep your opinions to yourself he muttered suddenly it's it's clearly something that the reader doesn't know it's something that Alice and him have talked about. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it has to do, because Alice seems so pro, has seemed so pro this relationship for so long. that it's like, I don't know. I can't see it being like an opinion about them being together. So it's like, what would it be about though? I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel my stomach is clenching thinking about it, but I literally have no even guess as to what it could be about. All right, all right, we'll table that. Maybe maybe by next time you'll have a guess. Um, last question. Okay. Were there any notes from this chapter that we did not cover? There was something actually, I, again, I should have brought this up long ago, but sure. I just wanted to talk about Carlisle for just a second. Okay. I think that it shows or it adds a lot of positive characteristics, characterisms, character qualities. I don't know. It just, I feel like it paints Carlisle in a good light that in a, a group of vampires you don't even know who have a lifestyle completely different to yours, that you would just welcome them into your home, that you've taken, it's taken years to settle and be established and you live such a completely different lifestyle, but you still feel comfortable inviting them in and saying like, you're welcome to be here as long as you respect my rules. I don't know, it just like, I thought that that made him seem like a really great guy. Yeah, yeah, it is really nice. I wouldn't do it if I was in his shoes. Mm -mm. It seems like there's a lot at stake. So I, I don't know if I would either, but. I mean, maybe he, maybe back in the 1600s, he was always about having guests over, you know, making a nice charcuterie tray, you know, <laughs> in the 1600s. Uh, love a good charcuterie board. Um, yeah, hospitality. I don't know. Maybe it's his thing. Yeah. So for next week, we're going to do chapters 19 and 20. So 19 is called Goodbyes and 20 is called Impatience. Do you have any predictions for these chapters? Goodbyes, definitely. It's going to be, because obviously it's where the chapter ends, but Bella saying goodbye to Charlie and however way it goes. But I feel like it's also going to be the goodbye of her and Edward separating, which God knows I'm not looking forward to it. I, judging by how much, like, how many fucking tums I've had to take because of the antics that have been going on. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it. What was the name of the second one? Anticipation? Impatience. Impatience. Her living in freaking Phoenix with no boo to lay her head upon his cold chest and have her kiss her jawbone. Ew. 
Just the way you said that, I was like picturing literally a bone. It grossed me out. Well, yeah. I mean, he he literally the phrase he kissed my jaw or he rubbed his lips against my jaw like that has happened so many times that it, whenever they kiss I just picture it's like right on the bone <laughs> that's so funny yeah we should keep a tally actually I don't even want to know I don't I when whenever it's like he's breathing on her and she's fainting I don't know I just kind of like black out yeah, block out. Like, I get such bad secondhand embarrassment from things. Not necessarily from Twilight, just because I'm used to it. But, like, there's times when I'm, like, watching a show and I'm like, I have to turn this off. Even if it's fiction, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, um, thanks for joining us for this episode, everyone. <laughs> um, we are on social media. We are on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. Come join us on either of those. Um, we'd love to have some interaction with y'all. We are on Twitter at TaftPod, T-A-F-T-Pod. Um, and we got a piece of feedback from one of our Tumblr. Um, well, it was just an anonymous ask on Tumblr, but um, asking us to add our podcast to Google Podcasts. So hopefully by the time you're hearing this, that will be either done or in motion. Um, so thanks for whoever submitted that. Um, yeah, just not something I ever... Um, considered but yeah happy to do it doesn't seem like it's too hard so also emily talking about tumblr 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 (laughs) made me uh remember so i don't go on the tuesdays after twilight tumblr because i feel like tumblr is lawless and a gif is just gonna pop up and i'm gonna see a spoiler so i have excluded myself from that social media but emily always sends me screenshots and there's been several nice messages and comments about things that have really warmed my heart so I just want to say thanks yes definitely yeah and I'm always reblogging stuff that is spoilery on our own page so I'm like yeah this is not a place for Paige so but just know that if you've ever said anything nice that has not been spoilery Paige has also seen it I've sent it to her it's true um I think that's about it you can email us at tuesdaysarefortwilight at gmail.com if you got anything that needs to be in a professional business email please cite it in MLA I was an English major Paige was an English minor I actually I've been doing a well it's AAP which is also APA it's the same thing but MLA is my homegirl I love her yeah I only did APA because I had to yeah, yeah. I'm still giving APA two thumbs down because I had to do it for one class in college and I was like, meh. Yeah. Yeah, MLA is just right to the point. It is. It's beautiful. But anyways, <laughs> we've gone on too long at this point. We need to go. Um, yeah. When this comes out, it'll be December. So happy December, everybody. Hope you had a safe um, Thanksgiving holiday. If you are um, a listener from the United States, if not, hope you had a good last week of November um and yeah just stay safe out there there everyone you know do the stuff wash your hands wear a mask keep your distance eat your leftovers eat your leftovers is that what you said yeah amen yeah no food waste um and yeah we'll see you next week for chapters 19 and 20 of Twilight bye guys bye Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm